listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Jesus told this parable. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames." But Abraham said, child, remember that during your lifetime, you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, then, Father, I beg you to send him to my house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not come also into this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, (laughs) they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. You ready for this? You ready for this sermon? Do you know what one single topic Jesus talked about more than any other? What topic did he address more than any other topic? Anybody know? What is it? Money. Love. Yeah, he talked about love a lot. But he talked about money a lot. More than anything else, he talked about money. In fact, last week, remember our gospel lesson, how it ended last week? You can't serve both God and wealth. Remember that? And that's just a couple verses right before this. And so on the heels of Jesus saying you can't serve both God and wealth, we get this story. Now, this story is often misunderstood. I got to clear up a few things in this story. The first thing is, who is Lazarus? This is not Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, brother to Mary and Martha. He's just telling a story. He's just saying, there was this guy named John, right? And there's lots of Johns out there. And there were lots of Lazaruses out there. So it's important that we understand, Jesus isn't telling a factual story of history, the way we think of fact. He's telling a parable. 
He's giving a narrative to make us think in ways we haven't been thinking, to make us see things from a new perspective. Also, this is not about heaven and hell. That's not what's going on here. The Jews did not have a concept of an eternal heaven and eternal hell. What the Jewish faith believed and still believes is that when we die, we're gathered back into God. And when we're gathered back into God, we're gathered to our people. So Lazarus is an offspring of Abraham. So he's gathered back to Abraham when he dies. The reason uh, uh, that the rich man isn't gathered right in is because the Jews believe that, that in order to be gathered back into God, if we lived any aspect of evil lives, that has to be purged out of us before we can return back into God. Does that make sense? And so the rich man's going through this purging. He's in the flames, because what do flames do? They purify, right? Fires purify, and he's going through this purification, and he's in agony. That's what's going on here. So now that we've debunked the heaven and hell thing and who Lazarus might be, let's, let's look at what Jesus is saying in this story. There's a rich man who dresses in purple and fine linen and feasts sumptuously every day. He lacks nothing. If he gets sick, he's got doctors and nurses to help him. His kids get to go to school. He has all of the comforts that anyone could imagine at that time. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? But at his gate is this poor man named Lazarus, who's lying in the gutter, literally, with open sores, and he's starving to death. He would, he would do anything just to get the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And it says, even, and Jesus is making a really profound point here, it says, even the dogs come and lick the, 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 the poor man's wounds. The dogs care more about the poor man than the rich man does. The dogs care more for the poor man than the rich man does. You see, do you know what the sin of the rich man was here? He didn't see the humanity in the poor man. He didn't see his humanity. He just saw him as an object, something to be discarded, picked up by the garbage truck when it came around the neighborhood the next day. Just pick him up and get rid of him. And even when the, the rich man is, is in Hades with this torment, this purging that's taking place, he still doesn't see Lazarus' humanity. He says to Abraham, hey, tell that poor guy to go dip his finger in water and come cool my tongue. Who's still the most important person in that guy's perspective himself? He still can't see his humanity. And then when Abraham says, no, that's not possible, there's a chasm here, there's a huge gap, it can't, can't be done, he still says, send him, send the poor man. Send him to my father's house, because I have five brothers, and, and tell him to tell my brothers to live differently than I did, so that they don't experience this. And did you catch what Abraham says back? He says, that won't work. That won't work. They've got Moses and the prophets. Let them read Moses and the prophets. No, no, Father Abraham, you don't understand. If somebody comes back from the dead, then that's got to convince them, right? A guy comes back from the dead, then that should change everything, right? <laughs> and Abraham says, no. If they're not going to listen to Moses and the prophets, 
It's not going to make a difference even if someone comes back from the dead. All right, sisters and brothers, what's Abraham referring to? What's he referring to? The resurrection. You know who Lazarus is? You know who that poor man is laying in the gutter? That the dogs lick his wounds? You know know who that is? That the dogs recognize the value of that one? That's Jesus. That's Jesus laying in the gutter. You see, when he was arrested and beaten and humiliated, nobody helped him. Nobody came to his rescue. They mocked him. They spat upon him. They treated him like garbage. He was crucified on the garbage heap outside of Jerusalem and just discarded as though he had no value. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. And on three days, on the third day after Jesus died, God raised him from the dead to say, hey, you thought he was a piece of garbage? Uh Uh-uh. He's the Son of God. But so are you. You're children of God. There's no discardable human being. There's no way as humans we can somehow um, disgrace ourselves to the point of losing our humanity. There's none of us that can look at another person and say, not you. God loves everyone, but not you. You don't matter. The question is, can we see with the eyes of Jesus? Can we see the humanity in every single person? Can we recognize that we who have been blessed beyond measure are being called to high account? Being asked Are we living our lives for ourselves? Do we wake up each day and just think about our own needs, our own desires, our own wants? Do we keep convincing ourselves we don't have enough even for me so that we somehow justify doing nothing to help those in need? There's a Jewish rabbi named Harold Kushner. You might know that name. He wrote the book, When Bad Things Happen, to good people. Remember, remember that book? He wrote another book, and in that other book he said that what human beings fear isn't death. It's not that we fear death, we fear dying. What we fear is getting to the point of death and realizing that we never actually lived. Getting to the point of death and realizing we never actually lived. I've been with people on their deathbeds. I've been with the loved ones of people who are dying. And I've heard a lot of regret. I've I've heard a lot of regret over the years. I've heard people say to me, I could have been better. I should have been better. I could have been a better husband or a, a better wife. I could have been a better father, a better mother. I could have been more human. I could have served more. I could have given more. Do you think God forgives me? Yeah, God forgives you. But is that really the kind of life we want? Is that really what we want to be thinking about on our deathbeds? That we could have done more? We could have lived more passionately, loving, serving, giving? Why not just get after it right now? Why not just get after it right now? 
If Jesus were standing right here in front of you today, he's the one giving this sermon, what excuse would you give him for not caring more? What excuse would you give Jesus for not being more generous or serving more? What narrative would you spin to say, ah, I did my share? What would it look like for a community of people to love, to serve, to give with the passion of Christ, to truly live as the heart, hands, and feet of Jesus in this world? To take the gifts and abilities that we have, the blessings that we have seriously, not simply to be used for ourselves, to be, but to be transformative in this world. I'm not standing in front of you today begging for me. I'm not asking you to give to me. I'm begging for our brothers and sisters who are in need, who are starving, who have no options. There's no cavalry coming over the mountain. There's no tanks that are going to roll around the valley. It's not happening. Our brothers and sisters are hurting. Lazarus, Jesus, is laying in the gutter. Can you see the humanity? Are you willing to sacrifice? Will you pour yourself out in the same way that Jesus did? so that we and all the world may experience real life in Jesus' name. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.